On the block, on demand. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. Great to have you here on the block ESPN radio and twitch.tv slash sports talk. Don't forget before and after every Syracuse basketball game, pre and post game coverage comes your way. Pre-game show with uh, Brent Axe. Hey, I know that guy. And Eric Devendorf, uh, one hour prior to each Syracuse basketball game. So this Saturday, that's an 11 a.m. show with Devo and I. And then after the game, Stephen Fonte. We'll break down the game, take your calls. You'll hear the entire Jim Beheim press conference. Our good friend Demetrius Nichols joins him on that, and we'll be back at it Saturdays. The Orange take on Virginia Tech. We'll hear from Jim Beheim later in the show in our weekly conversation with the coach, presented by Hoffman. Now, with Virginia Tech, I've seen them in my travels. I'm always honest with you. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I've watched a ton of Virginia Tech basketball when I haven't had the opportunity to watch a team as much as I would like to to talk about them intelligently on the radio. I, I really dig in and you know do the research that you would do and look at the things that you do. But I a real productive conversation today via text with our good friend Anish Shroff, who called Virginia Tech's last game. And I like getting that fresh perspective from people. Uh, we're going to have LaChina Robinson on later who just saw Syracuse women's basketball play Tuesday. So I like that kind of what-have-you-done-for-me-lately approach. But from what I have seen of Virginia Tech and kind of mixing in some things, and catching up on them a little bit today, talking to Anish and, and looking into some some other things today. What would concern me if I'm a Syracuse fan is Virginia Tech doesn't have a star. They've got some good players, but this is not a Justin Champagne takes over a game type of situation, right? Virginia Tech really spreads it out and has a number of players that can take over a game given the situation. They've got a few good shooters, Hunter Couture, Naheem Alin, Jalen Cohn. If Syracuse does not close out on these shooters, they're going to, one of those three, if not two of those three, if not all three of those guys, could get into a rhythm. Now, Anish was telling me he thinks Couture is a guy that could really have an opportunity to get open if Syracuse doesn't commit to closing down on him. So, Remember Horford for Pitt a couple games back? It's open in that corner, and all of a sudden he's rolling. And if Syracuse cannot counter on the other side, see, Pitt to me, or Virginia Tech, I should say, is, is kind of Pitt on steroids. It's not exactly the same team. They don't have a Champagne. They don't have as many bigs as Pitt. But the style of play is one that gives Syracuse trouble. It's a style of play that forces you to get physical, close down on shooters, and really commit to defense. Jesse Edwards, who actually met with the media today and discussed, you know, trying to get mean, as he put it, and getting, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and just be this physical player. It's a process. He's got to get bigger. We'll talk to Jim about that later, about the process of making Jesse a better player inside. But he's confident that at least he can come in and hold down the fort for a while. But it's different doing that against Miami versus Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech is going to challenge you. They're going to come at you. They're going to be physical. So is he ready for that? Marek Doljai has been in a real interesting situation the last two games. He got into foul trouble last game, which led to Jesse coming in. 
We know that Marek can mix it up and get physical, but last game we saw the detriment to that. He can get into foul trouble, right? So this is a game where, to me, Quincy Garrier has just been unbelievable. He's been the most consistent player on this team. He and Buddy are right there neck and neck as the leading scorers on this team, but I'm more interested in how Quincy plays defense in this game. Because I think Virginia Tech is a team that's going to know how to defend him. And the way that their style plays out, look, Quince, no one can stop Quincy right now. But they're going to challenge him, I think, more than some recent teams that Syracuse has played, even more than Pitt, even more than Carolina, who had a lot of size. I like how Virginia Tech, but if you just like good, meaty team basketball, Virginia Tech's your team. What is interesting about Virginia Tech, too, is you go back to Sunday's game, the game that Anish called, it's Wake Forest. It's not a team that should exactly challenge you in some ways, but we know what can happen in this league. You just have those nights where you got to figure it out. Not a pretty game. Kavea Luma, their leading scorer, they're what I would call their best player, but again, they're so balanced it could be anybody on any given night. Go watch. If you've watched Virginia Tech this year, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you got to be careful when you go watch highlight reels because they're highlight reels for a moment. They don't show your flaws. But when he is on, he is a nightmare for Syracuse because of the way he works in the paint. 6'9", 235. He's big, but he can move. He attacks the basket so... Again, if Syracuse isn't committed on defense and they are not moving their feet, and they're not they're not cutting off, you know, we know what the the strategy is to beat the zone. Get it in that high paint area. You let him get the ball in the high paint area. He's not going to shoot it from there. He's going to get it and drive in. So now I'm wondering about well, who's going to be there to stop him? And then do you get into foul trouble if you're not careful? He is going to be a headache. I mentioned you can't leave the shooters open. And here's what's interesting to me. So Wake Forest. Really clamped down on Aluma. Cone was scoreless. They were 4 of 18 from three-point range, Virginia Tech. They still eked out the win. They st- Now, it's, that's Wake Forest, okay? Do you do that against some better teams out there? I don't know. But they had to go deep down the bench, and this concerns me because once in a while that guy pops up, the old guy we've never heard of that kills Syracuse. Well, that's what happened for Virginia Tech. Gasson comes off the bench, has 19 points all year in 11 games. He has 13 points in 14 minutes against Wake Forest. So that concerns me because Virginia Tech comes at you in waves. They use their bench a lot. They don't have a go-to star. They've got a number of guys that can kill you in certain ways. Now what is really interesting to me about Virginia Tech is every one of their ACC games has been close. Now you can... Mark off all the cliches here about the league and all those things we hear. But I'm kind of curious why all of their games have been the way they are. Now let's go through it here. They beat Wake by four. We just described by far a game they really struggled and a lot of guys they count on just off their games, but they eke it out. Somebody comes off the bench and you go right down the line. Like the seventh guy in line comes off and wins the game. So that's how they won that game. They beat Duke 74-67. Duke is not Duke this year. We know this. 
Notre Dame 77-63. So that's kind of the one exception of the rule that wasn't close. They lost by Louisville by two. They didn't get to play Virginia. I would have loved to have seen that game, and we will eventually. They beat Miami by two, a team that Syracuse just throttled. So there is kind of a hole in the Death Star. There is a weakness with this team, and what is Virginia Tech's weakness is also kind of their strength. And I asked Anish that. I said, well, why have they played so many close games other than that one game? And Anish felt like, and I'm just, I just want to pull up what he said here. So they don't have a ton of high-end guys. Their point guard can't shoot, great defender, but not a threat, and you can play off them. Teams that front the post and get physical with Aluma give them trouble. That's not Syracuse. I would not describe Syracuse as a team that's going to front players and get physical. They play a zone defense. It's just different. Now, does that mean that Quincy Garrier can't get physical, that Marek Doljai, if he's catches him in the rotation of the zone, can't get physical. If Jesse Edwards comes in, Jesse's not a big physical guy, but there's a presence there. He takes up a lot of space in the paint. So sometimes it's not just fronting and being physical. It's just cut off the lane. Watch Aluma play. That kid can move in the paint. Do not give him space to work. If you cut him off like Wake Forest did, now he's got to pass off to some of those other shooters we mentioned. So it's a real contrast of styles from what Syracuse saw against Miami. It's not exactly North Carolina or Pitt, but what Syracuse is going to have to do in this game, and what I'm encouraged by is Virginia Tech does grind, but it's not like grind games in the high 50s, low 60s. It's just they grind by real team basketball, deep on the bench, nobody's the star, committed to defense. But they've got some athletes. they got some guys that can shoot. They've got three shooters. And I mentioned their names. So this it, it, this is a defensive game for Syracuse. It's great that Buddy and Joe got going. Kadari Richmond can match the physicality of Virginia Tech, so I expect a real balance in the rotation there. Kadari's going to have to get in the lane and get nasty a little bit on offense. They know he can't shoot, so they'll back off. There's got to be some two-on-one. Syracuse has got to take advantage of the breaks when they're there. Offensively, we'll see if Alan Griffin gets back into it. And look, Griffin is important because he rebounds. You got to rebound against this team. But through it all, I mean, I can go through all the keys to the game. You got to grind with Virginia Tech and you got to commit on defense. I mean, that's what it comes down to. So is Syracuse ready to do that? Is Syracuse ready to commit defensively? And they have got to have the best game they've had all year moving their feet on defense, trapping. And, and just getting, I don't want to necessarily put a number on how many turnovers they have to get, but it's hard to go in there and dictate style of play given the way Syracuse has played offensively, if that makes any sense. Now, I'd love for them to prove me wrong. Can you go in there and drag Virginia Tech into a game they don't want to play? It's possible, but... Virginia Tech doesn't seem to allow that to happen a lot. But they are beatable. They're good. They're disciplined. They're physical. They share the ball. They have a deep roster. They're going to be tough, but they are beatable. And Syracuse is now in this string of games, as we've been saying. They need some quality wins. And the next four games are all in that category. 
starting Saturday. It's a home game. You go to Virginia on Monday. We all know a, how much of a bear that's going to be. And you got NC State Louisville. As it stands now, these are all what the selection committee would deem quality wins. They're all in the range of quad one wins. Syracuse doesn't have that right now. So that win over Miami was good in a lot of ways, but that's not how Syracuse is going to beat Virginia Tech if they do beat Virginia Tech. It's a completely different style that they do have a couple days to get in the mind frame of, and it's at home. So it's not practice, practice, travel, right? Practice, practice, at home, ready for a noon tilt, but they have got to commit to defense, which we've seen at times this year and had and can be a struggle, I should say, with certain lineups, right? That's why I think it's good that Kadari really, not that he hadn't had his moments before that, but really broke out and got into a rhythm because they're going to need him at the top of that zone, especially if a couple of those shooters get going. That's when you kind of start looking at Joe going, look, this isn't your game. We need grinders. We need defense. We need plays the other way. On that note, we'll break. We will come back. We will certainly talk more about that, especially later in the show with Coach Beheim at about 